Sun Life Community Church came into being as the result of a compelling vision for a different kind of church, interested in what we call the Sun Life, experiencing and sharing the life of God's Son. Perhaps your heart is burdened these days. We invite you to allow the Word of God through the words of this message to bring rest to your soul and joy to your heart. Heavenly Father, just allow us to open your word in a way that does it justice. Allow us to hear it and the voice of the Spirit through it. And may you ready our hearts for what you have ahead of us in these weeks and months to come. For I ask you this in Jesus' name, our exalted Lord. Amen. Well, today we launch a brand new series of messages that will take us into this new year of 2021 and possibly take us most of the way through it. I'm calling this series Red Letter Living. The subtitle, as you can see, is Putting the Teachings of Jesus into Practice. Do you remember when they used to print Bibles, and especially New Testaments, that had all the words of Jesus printed in red ink? They were called red-letter editions. Perhaps you had one as a kid. I know that I did. In fact, in the little black-covered Bible that I had as, as a child, the one that I wrote in the back of it the night I received Christ as my Savior to say on July 22, 1956, I, Mark Michaels, received Jesus Christ as my Savior. In that Bible, the letters and the words of Christ were in red. Red letter editions, however, have fallen out of favor these days, even as have the teachings of Jesus. I believe that the Spirit has stirred my heart to to place a fresh focus upon them. Here's how it came about. I was in the process a few weeks ago of seeking inspiration and direction for this New Year's series of messages. And I was experiencing a much more than normal degree of difficulty in coming to a decision. Now, for the past number of years, maybe four or five years, every sermon series that I have preached has has seemed to just logically lead to the next. We've been engaged in amazing journey of discovery that Numa has had us on. And of course, one of the greatest discoveries along the way was the discovery of Numa himself, the presence, the person of the Holy Spirit given to companion us through life. It's been an awesome journey. But looking beyond the Christmas season or Christmas season series that we just completed, where we thrilled ourselves to see Jesus as the promise of the ages, I found myself asking a question that I hadn't had to ask for a while. What should I preach next? And there seemed to be no obvious answer. And then one morning, one morning a couple of weeks ago, I awoke in the wee hours 
And it seemed like Numa was almost shaking my shoulder and saying, this is what I want to say to this congregation. This is what I want you to preach. I want you to proclaim the words that Jesus himself proclaimed. It was like he was saying that Jesus was not only the promise of the ages, but that Jesus was God's proclamation to particularly our age. And into my mind, Numa brought this incredibly important verse. It was a verse I hadn't thought about for a while, but it's incredibly significant, important. It's one of our series key scriptures. It's the opening verse to the great New Testament book of Hebrews. And here's how it reads. In the past. Now, this was written in the first century AD. So in the past means in the years before Christ, the centuries before Christ, when the Old Testament was written, when God was working with his people in those days. In the past. God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. We could just settle down and talk about that verse all morning. But Numa brought that to my mind to make a point. You see, Jesus Christ himself is God's final word to mankind. Jesus is the Father's living proclamation to this fallen, broken world. Everything that Jesus has said has the Father's stamp of approval on it. Everything that ever came out of Jesus' mouth expressed the Father's will for man and revealed something of the Father's glory to man. The Apostle John expressed it this way in the gospel that bears his name. John 1, verse 3 and 14. John says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Through him all things were made. Now the word became flesh. We just celebrated the birth of Jesus Christ. We just celebrated that fact. And John says, now the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. A very select group of people in the entire history of mankind got to enjoy the presence of Jesus Christ in their midst. And John was one of them. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. It was on the mountain of transfiguration where that glory was revealed to Peter, James, and John. Peter himself would later write these words, 2 Peter 1, 16 and 18. Peter says, we, being three, Peter, James, and John, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty when we were with him on the sacred mountain. 
on that mountain, they not only saw something, they heard something. And here's what they heard. It's recorded in Mark chapter 9, verse 7. Talking about the transfiguration experience, it says, then a cloud appeared and enveloped them, swallowed them up. And a voice came from the cloud saying, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. God the Father understood the significance of the Son's words. Not one of them could be cast aside. Not one of them could be ignored. Listen to them, every one of them. This is my Son. He speaks for the Father. He speaks grace and truth. Listen to him. Jesus the Son understood the significance of his words as well. Here's what Jesus said one day to the crowds that followed him, and and this is the red-letter proclamation that underlies this entire series of messages. Here we go. It's found in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, and Jesus says, Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice will be like a man who built his house upon a rock. Here's something else Jesus said. Some other red letters. Something that should encourage us. John chapter 14, verse 26. Jesus said, knowing he was going to go away, he said to his disciples, the Spirit will remind you of everything I have said to you. Three years he'd been talking to them. More than three years in total. Saying things. Now, some things he said again and again and again and again because the the crowds were different and, and the message had to be given out to them all. But there were so many things he said, so many things that they even had to ask him to explain to them. And he said, I'm going away. And they realized they were now the library. They were the ones who heard, the only ones who really could report all of the incredible things Jesus said, that that if you put them to practice in your life, you'll be like a man who built a house on a rock. The Spirit, though, will help you. When he comes, he will remind you of everything. I have said to you, that had to be a great relief to them. And then later, as these apostles wrote the Gospels, it was like, it's true. The Spirit brought back to their remembrance every little detail. And they passed it along to us. And now we can read it. Here now are some key series stimulating questions. Things that stirred me to say, we we need to do this. These questions are themselves stimulated by those series key scriptures. They're certainly the questions that bombarded me that early morning several weeks ago. Here we go. Got them in a box here. Key series stimulating questions. What has Jesus said? What has he actually said? Do we know? What are we to put into practice? And what are the actions that that will keep our lives from crashing and burning, from being overwhelmed by life's floods? 
Jesus said, if we put them into practice, we'll have strength in our life. But what are they? And how do we exactly put them into practice? I could almost hear Numa say right out loud to me that morning, allow me to answer those questions for you right now. And he began to answer the first one. What has Jesus said? And so that morning in the dimness of the morning, sitting up in bed, I grabbed my iPad and my Apple Pencil, and honestly, I began to write just as fast as my hand would move. And when I was done, hardly without taking a breath, spiritually speaking, when I was done, I had compiled a list of some 25 individual specific teachings that had come from Jesus himself, the kind that years ago would have been printed in red ink. Now we're going to go through them one by one. And we'll begin to fortify our lives as we do so against all the storms and flash floods that this fallen world can send our way. But in this introductory message, as we begin today, let me share just three key facts with you. Number one, these are teachings of Jesus himself. We're not going to be talking about what other people said about Jesus. We're not going to be dealing with theology, trying to get a, a Christology that is all nice and neat and everything fits together and makes sense as far as our mind can be. The kind of theology that leaves out a few things that don't quite fit and the kind of theology that really focuses on things that just perfectly fit our system and our scheme. We're not going to be dealing with theology. We're not dealing with what somebody said about Jesus. We're not going to be dealing with what somebody has said about the Christian life. All the secrets that men have come up with on how to make this thing work. All the how to prosper, how to do this, how to grow, how to, how to be successful as a Christian. We're just going to ask Jesus. And listen to him tell us how to be successful as a child of God. What are the things that Jesus said we should be putting into practice? These magical things almost that will provide an incredible result in our lives. You see, Jesus gets his name dropped up by a lot of people who are engaged in carrying out their own agendas. Jesus gets blamed for a lot of practices that he himself would condemn. Plenty are the preachers who build ministries around their own notions and then seek to authenticate those ministries by linking them to a couple of carefully chosen things that Jesus did say. The end result as Paul pointed out to some of the professing Jews of his day, the end result is, far too often, Christ's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you, because of us, because of people who, who present Jesus in a much imp in a improper light and almost put their words into his mouth, especially when they're explaining his words. 
So we're not going to be dealing with that. We're not going to buy a book that says everything Jesus said and what it means. We're going to be reading the book and having the Holy Spirit say to us, this is what Jesus said. And this is what it means. You see, from that dire circumstance, the teachings of Jesus to say nothing of the person of Jesus need to be rescued. And so our first key question is paramount. What exactly has Jesus said? What did he teach? What did he mean? What did he say as he explained it himself? And what are we responsible to know and to pass along? Now, that's the first key fact that we must keep in mind as as we head into this new year. So, I would encourage all, all of you, join me in making the Gospels your reading material for the next few months. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are, are pretty much mirror images of each other. Read them. Mark is the shortest, so I'd say start with that. Read the Gospel of Mark. And in your own mind, even if not in your copy of the Scripture, note the words in red. Read John's Gospel last. It takes us into the heart of Jesus and reveals many things that he said specifically just to his own disciples. Teachings that we need to be aware of. But the title of this sermon series Red Letter Living, all by itself suggests that we're interested in much more than simply learning something. Jesus taught what he taught for a reason, for a reason that goes far beyond mere accumulation of truth. The title of this series of messages carries within itself this second key fact, and here we are. These teachings of Jesus must be, if we're going to please him, if we're going to please our Heavenly Father, we could say should be, but if we're going to please God, they must be put into practice. Not merely identified and even celebrated. You can find people celebrating what Jesus said. Isn't it marvelous what he said? Here's what he said. He said this. He said that. And they just state it and kind of rejoice in it, maybe. Write a song about it, possibly. Maybe lead them into a time of worship and praise of, of their marvelous Savior. But there, it's more than just the teachings of Jesus being identified or even celebrated. And they certainly are not for the purpose of buttressing some notion of men. Where a guy comes up with an idea about the Christian life and then he goes all through the New Testament trying to find something Jesus said that would kind of support that. Just a proof-texting approach to a human notion. His teachings are not for that purpose. All of the teachings of Jesus contain within them a particular spiritual impact. They are designed to change us, to shape us, to cause us to function in more God-pleasing and Christ-honoring ways. And to that end, our Heavenly Father and our exalted Lord Jesus have sent the Holy Spirit into our lives. As Jesus himself said, in the red letter scripture we read just a moment ago, the Spirit, 
The Spirit will remind you of everything I have said to you. And we know that with that reminder will come a a certain Spirit-given motivation to apply those teachings to our lives, to make us like the teacher himself. And now as that happens, that is, as we begin to put these teachings of Jesus into practice in our lives, we will discover the truth and delight in this third key fact. And here it is. These practices will give our life rock-like character. Let me say that again. Especially in in the midst of a world where it seems like the, the sand is shifting under our feet. These practices will give our life rock-like character. Will not merely be survivable, but our life will be unbreakable. Our life will not merely be temporal, something that makes sense during this time frame, but eternal. Something that carries on into the eternal realm beyond this world. Once again, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice will be like a man who built his house on a rock. Now, Jesus goes on to say in that very same passage, and when the storms came, when the winds blew, the house on the rock stood firm. See, these practices will give our life rock-like character. There's perhaps never been a time in our individual lifetimes when that truth is more needed to be known and more needed to be experienced even by those who belong to Christ. The enemy of our souls and the enemy of Christ is powerfully moving in our world today. Panic fills the hearts of many. Normalcy seems never to return. Even as I stand in in this nearly empty room this morning, I'm acutely aware of just how altered, how foreign our lives have become. And so never, never has the truth contained in in today's final thought been more relevant. So here it is. Listen, take it to heart. We're going to be jumping off of it for quite a while. Final thought. The teachings of Jesus Christ were not intended to be merely encased in the pages of a book. As much as we thank God for our Bibles, as much as we know of the the persecution, the hardship, the bloodshed of those who made sure that you and I could have a Bible printed in our own language, in our own hands today. But the truth is, the teachings of Jesus Christ were not intended to merely be encased in a book so that we can say we've got it. Everything that Jesus said that God wants us to know is right in here. That's a great concept. 
That's a great truth. That's a great assurance. But that's not the end of it. Not just so they'll be encased in the pages of a book or enshrined on the walls of a building. To take some of the, the most significant things Jesus has said and maybe print them right out on the wall of the building so people can see it, so people are aware of it. So every time we, we come through, we, we are struck with the words of Christ. But that's not the end result. The teachings of Jesus were not intended to be merely encased in the pages of a book or enshrined on the walls of a building. They were intended to be exhibited in the lives of believers so that we become what Jesus himself was. The word became flesh. And through us, the words of Christ, the truth of Christ, the teachings of Christ take on flesh once again. And people can see what it looks like to have somebody filled with the spirit of Christ and the truth of Christ and being motivated by the very same passion that motivated Christ. See, the teachings of Christ are to be exhibited When he walked on this earth, he was exhibit number one. He encouraged his disciples. And then when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they were made able to be exhibitors of the very teachings of Christ themselves. And they turned the world upside down. Today. That's what God wants for us. To be exhibitors living exhibitions of the teachings of Jesus Christ, our Savior, the Son of God. May we be, may we be such believers. Our Heavenly Father, you have gone to great lengths to pass along the teachings of Christ to us. 2,000 years They could have easily been lost. They could have easily been changed. They could have easily been corrupted. They could have easily been discarded. And yet they have not been. The Spirit of God working through Spirit-filled men and women through the centuries have, have not only written them, but have preserved them. Father, forgive us for ever glibly reading them. Your spirit, your spirit wants to raise up in this world, in this community, in this nation, in this larger world. He wants to raise up the church of Jesus Christ. A body of believers so committed to Jesus so committed to his teachings that they will never take his teachings and try to do something political or anything else with them. Never use Jesus as a club to straighten somebody out, but to let the teachings of Jesus Christ so fill us that we become like him and his truth goes forth. May it go forth from this place in purity and in power. 
And may people hear, hear the words of Jesus gladly, even as the common people did in his own day. We ask you this now in his name and for the sake of his church in this world. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Looks like an exciting new series. I was reminded of the apostles when Jesus was talking to them and said, are you going to bail out on me too? That's modern parlance. And they said, where are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. How exciting. We're going to be just uh, reveling in what Jesus himself spoke. Wonderful. As we close our service this morning and ask you to rise at home or get comfortable, I don't know which, but just would, uh, celebrate the fact that when we go outside today or tomorrow or in the future, we lift up our eyes, we look unto the hills, and we know that the Lord is surrounding us with his grace and love. Amen.
Amen. You know, we're singing that song, and I'm thinking, Joe, there are spiritual benefits to being a Californian. We got mountains. I grew up in the east. The Pocono Mountains, the highest point, is 1,948 feet. They are just worn down Appalachian mountains, and, and you don't see any, any majestic uh, thing towering into the sky. I've lived in Illinois, Linda and I. We've driven through Nebraska and Indiana, Iowa. Those folks have to work hard to be spiritual. Here, no matter what else is going on, one thing remains. We can look to the west. We can even look to the east, the little Apple Valley Mountains, the Big Bear Mountains. We look and there they are. No matter what you're going through, you can be scripturally stirred by just lifting up your eyes to the hills, to the mountains, and know my God is real. Amen? How good is that? God bless you. Thank you for being with us today. Just live this week. Begin to read the Gospels. Begin to say to yourself, I wonder, I wonder which one of these Pastor Mark is, is choosing and how will we put into practice this statement of Jesus. And then we'll see you next week. God bless you. You are dismissed. We hope this message has inspired you to live the sun life together with us. If you are near Apple Valley, California this weekend, we invite you to join us in person Sunday morning or through our live broadcast. All the details are on our website at sunlifecommunitychurch.com.